calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Oh, here we are. It's another episode, and it's one of those ones where we're recording on a Friday. It's the afternoon. It's a bit warm. And you know what, Joe and Matt? I'm feeling loose. Oh, are God. you? <laughs> yeah. Lads letting <laughs> loose. <laughs> Anyone else lads. feeling loose? I'm, I am now. You've just yeah. loosened me. Paradoxically <laughs> Triggered. loosened. Triggered the looseness. I think it's mainly because if you're in the UK, you will have known. I think actually a lot of the world at the moment, the last week, has been very hot and today friday it's just cooled down a bit and we can let loose <laughs> i'm feeling you're feeling cool well, i'm saying i don't need my fan on 24 7 anymore which is a good feeling um because god are my eyes dry what don't your eyes get dry when you no, have they, your fan they do it's just that you said it in like i don't know it sounded like you were turned on <laughs> just... really <laughs> God, my you, eyes you, dry. You have you. You've, uh, you Let's just move like, on. You sound like the exact opposite of Mike Skinner. <laughs> emotive, um, right? Yeah. Let's uh, speaking of emotive. Why don't we go on to Motive, who are making the Dead Space remake? Um, that got announced last night. We'll have a little talk about EA Play. What else have we got come out today? We talk a bit about Zelda, a bit about mm-hmm. Death Store, which is a bit like Zelda. And we're gonna, we kind of half promised it right at the end of the show after feedback. There'll be a big spoiler warning. We're gonna have a little mini deep dive on the end of Loki and what it means for the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But as I said, let's kick off with some Dead Space. Um, what are you guys big Dead Space fans? I never was, but I don't know. It's not because I didn't like it. It's just it was one of those things that sort of appeared and passed me by as a series. Mm-hmm. I think I missed the first one. And then when you miss the first one, you're like, I'm not going to go back and play all the games just so I can play Dead Space 3. It's just like me with Mass Effect. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, like it's never been it's been something I've admired from afar, apart from the eye scene that I see all the time um, that people love to say is is good to look at. <laughs> It's horrible. I saw a gif of it last night and I just just scrolled on through Twitter. I'm not looking at that. I don't don't want to see it in next gen. I don't don't want to see it. Uh, Matt, 
Uh, you strike me as someone who likes Dead Space. Yeah, bought it at launch. I can remember going in Ooh. to game. I was at university and buying at launch Dead Space, um, Fable 2, and I think Fallout 3 all came out on the same day. Um, wow. I remember trading in a good pile of games and begging for a student discount to get all of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I re- really like Dead Space. Like, I think the series generally kind of like gradually takes a step down with each iteration. I think Dead Space is the best one. Um, but I think all, in, in general, the series is really, really good. It comes from an era of EA that I have a lot of fondness for. Um, mm-hmm. I think in, there's a lot of kind of like people don't like EA kind of like in its modern iteration. And I know they still obviously drop some some great games. Like obviously I'm a big fan of sort of Respawn stuff. But I think my favorite era for EA was that kind of period when I was at uni because that's the Mass Effect era. It's the some great Dragon Age games are coming out at that point. And Dead Space is one of those kind of games that I've got a real good fond memory for. Lovely. And so they've, what they're doing is it's not any sort of remaster. It's a full-on remake, sort of Final Fantasy VII style in the new en- in the new engine. Uh, see, Motive know what they're doing, historically, I would say. I think you can put a lot of faith in that. I, I'm not worried about this as a remake. Do you guys... I didn't really get a gauge... I think it's pretty split 50-50. A lot of people are over the moon with this, and a lot of people like, oh, I wanted a new one. Do you think... Is it too... Like, is... For you, Death, when was Dead Space 2008? I think. Eight? Yeah. Is that too soon for you for a full remake of something? Not if the op- you know the, the opposite reality is that Dead Space never exists again, which is what it yeah. was going to be. Like, mm-hmm. this... I think the way you have to think about this, if you are upset that it's not a sequel, is that this is testing the water like this is is it worth us getting back into this because they cancelled it because Mm -hmm. it wasn't making them enough money uh so this and skate and other of these ea projects like say what you want about ea they are at least trying some of the stuff that people have repeatedly asked for at this point and it might well all go to shit like who knows what what will happen out of this but i think in a world where the opposite you were never going to get a sequel straight out of the gate so let's be happy that Mm -hmm. they're trying something a little bit more risky and support it if it's good enough well i think Um, in the past they have gone for the straight sequel thing i know it's not the same amount of time but mirror's edge 2 everyone's like we want more mirror's edge more mirror's edge came out no one bought it (laughs) yeah like like not it's a it was a vocal minority funnily enough like i know dead space has a I would say a much bigger fan base and following. It's and an easier than Mirror's Edge. It's an easier yeah. concept, right? Like Mirror's Edge is it's a game that's very much for me and people that are a bit like me in the kind of like we like weird kind of like m- slightly more experimental stuff, but within triple A space. masters mm. like you, it's just you that love parkour. Well, yeah, clearly I am the parkour <laughs> man that's running around the IGN office and vaulting across to the press across the road. I've seen it. You look like Bill Gates jumping over that chair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like. Mirror's Edge struggles because it's an experimental game within AAA space, right? So it costs a lot of money to make something that only a few people like, which is what Mm -hmm. I really like about it. Dead Space is a more realistic proposition, right? And whilst it's horror, which is a little bit more niche, it is at least coming out in the era of streaming where horror is very popular in the streaming kind Mm -hmm. of market. My hope is is that kind of like you you said, Cardi, that it's a Final Fantasy VII style uh, remake where in my head it's actually closer to Resident Evil. But my mm-hmm. hope is that you actually are right in the Final Fantasy VII big in that, like, I don't think it's necessarily been long enough f- 
for it to just need a straight remake as in like every corridor is exactly the same it's just now got 4k textures it's yeah. it's all like it's been remade for the ground up for a ray tracing frostbite engine i would like it to still surprise me i don't want it to be exactly the same game i just want it to be the well, same it's the clever idea. thing they could do is like people who know that game well is like a quiet bit just throw an extra jump scare in there that didn't exist before or a bit where everyone knows the scare is coming it's not actually there and you just throw everyone off you're like well i don't well, know what is, that's this what is they, anymore that's what they did with resi 2 right and it was and mm-hmm. people fucking loved that because it wasn't changing the fabric of what that game was but it was messing with people's it was kind of a meta thing where it's like they know that people mm-hmm. know what's coming so change it a little bit and it's and it makes a big impact um yeah. i saw a good i saw a good uh, reddit post about this which was just a picture of a guy with a tiny domino and every domino after it got twice as big until the last domino was massive. And the first tiny domino was uh, uh, Resident Evil sells better than expected and the last one was Dead Space Remake. And it does feel a bit like we've got to that point where AAA horror can just be a bit more Mm -hmm. odd and still really pop off. And so mm-hmm. I'm I'm hopeful that those dominoes keep getting bigger until we get to uh, until I don't crushed know by them. El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron <laughs> 2. <laughs> that's, the, that's the dream. That's the ultimate dream. That is where this ends. The, yeah. the world's biggest domino is El Shaddai. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we don't know when it's coming out. We don't. We obviously didn't see any gameplay. It's probably still a while away. And it's next gen only, which is exciting because yeah. we're getting more and more games now. Just like yeah, we're just making this for next gen, which means I know it's a shame if you don't have a next gen console. But by the time this is out, I imagine a lot more people will have them. So mm-hmm. there we go. Um, that's Dead Space. Not much more to say. Also, we saw Battlefield's Portal mode announced, which is kind of a love letter to old Battlefield. Really, I saw a lot of people. Who I've always like dabbled in Battlefield. I've never. I'm not like a hardcore Battlefield player. I, I wouldn't know all the maps off by heart or anything. But I've seen a lot of people online who I follow who like are big like Battlefield fans or Battlefield YouTubes, and they're like, "This is what we want. This is amazing." Like, if you don't know what Battlefield Portal is, it has six classic maps, over forty weapons from old. I think it's six old games or seven, seven old games even, and forty vehicles from like three different theaters of war. So you've got is it World War Two? current day and modern is that right the the like it'll cover kind of like the modern era and then it'll cover um like the 2042 kind of yeah. era won't it as well as the world as war two stuff War2s. so that like if you didn't see the trailer it's quite a funny trailer not only do they have a song by idols in it which is always a plus but they had like you know nazis like shooting down modern jets and stuff it was just mad to look at it's it was it was a mad trailer and that's kind of what i think I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for everyone. What I want from Battlefield is just large-scale madness going on like that. I know you're excited for this, Matt. Yeah, it was, so Battlefield 2042, I'm not actually that excited for, as in like the traditional kind mm-hmm. of game that they're doing. And I watched the... Because I didn't actually watch EA Play Live, so I watched the trailers to prep in for, for this podcast. And the opening kind of bit of that was a little bit like, mm, I don't know quite how this is going to get balanced. Like, I think it's a fun idea. But then they showed Arica Harbour, which is a map that I have an incredible amount of fondness for. That is from Battlefield Bad Company 2. And that era of Battlefield is, is I, and I think I, a lot of people share this sentiment, but is Battlefield at its peak. And to mm-hmm. see a modern day version of Arica Harbour and modern day versions of the guns from that and seeing like the medic from Bad Company 2 rendered in modern day graphics was very much a case of okay 
this is kind of like I know it's not a full remake of Bad Company Two, but it's got enough of Bad Company Two mm-hmm. that the the whole point of Portal is that it's essentially. I guess it's custom game modes made by yeah. sort of... It's almost semi-modding for a console mm-hmm. game, and, and obviously it'll be on PC as well. But it means you can do that. Like The de- game mode that they demonstrate is the idea of the infection-style modes that people used to make, where it's just a bunch of people with knives versus a bunch of people with knives. But for Battlefield, they did a bunch of German soldiers with combat knives versus a bunch of modern-day medics with defibrillators. So it's yeah. got that kind of absolute bonkersness about it. But you can already tell from what they've said is in it. There's just going to be people that set up classic style Bad Company 2 servers where yeah. they're just running modes that are, I get to do Arica and I get to do it with the classic Russian versus American kind of team setups with all of those weapons. Or they got, um, I think it's Caspian Border is the name of the map, which is a map from Battlefield um, 3, which has got this massive kind of tower in the middle that you used to be able to collapse. And that mm-hmm. is in mm. in some of the, the gameplay trailers. Being able to play those in a modern Frostbite engine with ray tracing and all of the kind of things that the modern version of Battlefield supports, um, yeah, absolutely give it to me. This is one of those creator modes where I see it and I'm like, I will never meaningfully engage with a single piece of this, but someone out there will make something absolutely incredible that the developers never thought of, and I will have tons of fun with it. Like, it's kind of what I wanted Overwatch's mm-hmm. is it warehouse, that, what was it called? Oh, warehouse called? Toolbox? Workshop. Workshop. Um, warehouse. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was kind of what I wanted that to be, but that always felt a little bit granular, like it felt a bit hard to kind of get a sense of what those things were mm. so i'm hoping battlefield it's a bit more of a like a madness generator yeah. as opposed to a tinkering situation mm. I hope although it's kind of from like... what i've read like the parameters you can change are insanely granular like mm-hmm. you can make it so one team can't go prone and shit like it's really weird <laughs> my hope is it's also just a bit more accessible because i find that overwatch's um, workshop is a bit like it's hidden in the weeds a little bit Whereas I hope actually having this kind of big marketing push for it, it will be like a big main thing on the main menu when you go in. Do you want to play classic 2042 as it is? Or do you want to play this side of it? Like, Mm -hmm. if it's set up that way, I think it's got a real chance for a long life. I just think like building in what amount to like soft modding tools to a game is just a great idea at this point. Like, you know, if we're looking at a world where games need to last for five years instead of one year... I think that's the best way you can do it is like let people make their own shit don't make them wait for your stuff because you're never going to be able to uh, you know account for how much you need to do um yeah how much work you need to do I'll have a little play of it launch whether it's like we said actually making any of my own stuff or just using what other people have done which is far more likely but yeah I'm up for that I'm getting more and more into Battlefield this year I'm looking forward to playing it quite a bit I think so hopefully it lives up to expectations we also had some new announcements, which included Grid Legends. Um, I thought this EA play in general was alright. It wasn't the longest in the world. I thought like half of the games kind of I thought looked really good, and then there was half of them which I mean half of them we're not going to talk about. And then there was Grid Legends, which I just want to talk about because it looks mad. Mainly because I think it looks like a game that even ten years ago no one wanted. Um, <laughs> it's if you haven't watched the Grid Legends trailer, it's. Um, it's bad. It's just I. What? When will we stop doing live action scenes in games, especially in racing games where they've never worked? They're always cheesy. 
and the acting's not good. <laughs> when will this is, stop? Is is this a plague? I was only aware of the 2015 Need for Speed that did this. Is there a, a plague of I've more than like the older Need for Speed had little um, live action bits as right. well. They weren't full on like live action scenes, but they've always like Need for Speed historically have had a bit. Of, I remember Underground having an Underground too. I think the original Most Wanted might have had a bit of right. it as well. But I remember Need for Speed The <sighs> Run, I think it was, which was the story-based one where you were on yeah. a cross-country kind of relay race. That didn't have live action, but it had quite bad Quantic Dream-style bits in between <laughs> the races, which, yeah, that was... I can do without well, that. Can, like, you think... Honestly, can you think of a, ra- a good racing game for story? Ryan and IGN underscore UK, if you can... <laughs> Think if you can suggest one good car game that has a good campaign or story are we forgetting mode. that Dirt Five had Nolan North and Troy Baker? Did and you play it? No, and I don't. I'm, I'd never heard a single thing about what it was. Yeah. To be fair, they're not really story modes. The Forza Horizon campaigns are fun enough to play through, and you're hearing it all yeah, over the radio. If you but... actually pay attention to the story, it makes your yeah, brain the story's fall not out. good. It's fucking yeah, yeah. rubbish. Like, do we need do we need campaigns in car games? Yeah. I mean, well, but that's the thing. The Forza Horizon one, I wish they would just drop any pretense that you're at an event or doing anything and just make mm. it, like, stupid. Like, my favourite uh, Forza Horizon thing they've ever done uh, for story was that um, fucking Fast and Furious crossover where... Was it was it, was it it them? I don't remember this. Or was it Need for Speed? One of them had a crossover, Fast and furious well, need for speed did a film that was just a fast and furious knockoff didn't they yeah wait, wait, with aaron paul there was it. there was a yeah. fast and furious like racing game crossover it was just I'm called sure fast and furious yeah it was um came out a couple of years well last year even wasn't it and it was I'm meant sure to be absolutely appalling no, that's the actual game rather than a crossover. that's the actual fast and furious forza game. horizon yeah. 2 presents fast and furious that's what uh, okay. it was it was an actual thing but my favorite bit of that was obviously fast and furious part of that is like uh, like you, you go and steal a car and then you drive it away, and that's part of the fun. Yeah. Uh, in this, like they had Ludacris just being like, "We gotta get this car, but we can't steal it. We gotta race <laughs> it." And that was like the entire story. It was brilliant. Yeah. And I like that's what I want. I want idiots telling me that I've just got to do races for all reasons. It's like if you want to eat tonight, we gotta race for it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Simpsons hit and run. <laughs> that is really mainly a driving now, game. As a decent mm. story. Yeah, I don't know. You do a lot of driving. I, yeah, I just don't. Like, enough with the live action scenes in, in, in games that aren't predominantly like FMV games. If the whole game's FMV, I can get behind it to an extent. Although I think a large majority of FMV games are bad. But yeah, I don't know. Someone's not a fan of Command and Conquer then. I mean, you you don't want to lose Tim Curry showing showing space. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I can deal with it. Like an old, like I don't know. It made sense in some ways. Like Mist used to have them, and um, Zork and games like that. But I feel like back then I'll let them off because it was easier to put a video file in than render whole CGI uh, <laughs> cutscenes. But yeah, I don't know. I don't Grid Legends. Like if you haven't watched the trailer, I don't know. It has the um, what's the name of the actor from Sex Education? Who's he's got like a nice little tash in this, and he's trying to act a bit uh, hard, and it's not really working for me. Let me just, I've got the store open. Uh, Nukti Gatawa, I think it is, or Gatwa. Um, yeah, 
I don't know. It's not it's not doing a lot for me. But yeah, if you could honestly, IGN underscore UK feedback, convince me is there a racing game and a, it has to be a racing game, not I'm not counting GTA as a car game with a good story. A racing game that has a good story because I wanna know it. Um the last thing I talk about from EA Play is Lost in Random, which is out in September, which I wasn't expecting so soon. That's a nice little treat. Um this looks very good. If you haven't watched the trailer for Lost in Random, I would do that because it's what's the what's the the pitch for it? It's kind of like a Coraline game, but with some really cool kind of Final Fantasy VII remake combat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose you're you're getting. If you really want to yeah. boil it down, <laughs> if you really want to, it's got um, that like I, uh, art style which I adore. I think that looks. I think it's got a real yeah. great aesthetic. But yeah, like I'll let you explain the combat, Carly. But it looks really special. Yeah. So I didn't. When the original trailer came out for this, maybe a year or two ago, I can't remember when they first debuted it. I, I was into it. it was the start, art style was doing a lot for me. I just don't remember what the gameplay was. But then I saw Someone a lot of gameplay in this trailer. Someone didn't read my interview feature with the creators well, of the I game probably, in 2020 I pro- that explained the combat I probably did a year and a half ago. <laughs> I just haven't read it in the last year. Everyone um, today coming on being like, oh, look at the tactical combat. I told you about that a year ago and you didn't fucking Okay, read. well, I didn't see with my own eyes the dice rolling <laughs> and the cards, and that's what got me into it, because I, from from my memory, which obviously forgot your pre- your stunning preview, um, I, I in my head it was just like a third-person action game of like melee combat, basically. But little did I know, it has this little dice you walk around with. Maybe Joe can explain in further detail in a minute instead of shaking his head. Um, <laughs> but it's um, if you you collect cards, and I like collecting cards in games. But then you have your little dice companion who you roll, and then am I saying this right? Whatever number you roll on the dice is the amount of basic, the amount of moves you can do with the cards essentially that do different attacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Cool. So it's kind of got a little bit of slay the spyness to it, and that's what I like about it. I really like. I like the idea that that they're tackling the idea of um, you know RNG complaints by mm. the fact that you're still ultimately playing that game, and it's still ultimately skill based in how you approach it. But you're just given that little bit of random flavor to to play along with as well, and kind of desperately going like "fuck, I want a six, and then you don't get it or what? I bet there's like some wild bullshit cards that you can get that cost the full amount and it's really you know you're just sitting there mm-hmm. constantly hoping you roll it like that kind of thing really appeals to me like that that mixing of board gamey stuff with with a bit more of a regular video game combat i think it i, I just think it looks really fun like and mm-hmm. such a departure from that studio's other stuff i'm sorry if you can hear the shouting outside my room there's a child who comes out every day and makes the same noise and it's driving me fucking mad <laughs> are they related to the guy who uh stood on your wall eating pasta <laughs> no actually um this is still oh no that's actually oh. a tool that's a power tool that sounds <laughs> exactly the same as the child i hate child. Um, i don't think there's never been a child it's always been a power oh, tool. oh i've stuck my head out the window and looked at that kid screaming and just wanted to go fucking kill you but then as we've discussed before he works for the uh he, he, he doesn't work for. He uh, lives in the Chinese that I like around <laughs> the corner. So like, there's a the, screaming toddler who works for the Chinese. The problem called is power tool. All I'm saying is, if that child was to go missing, they might have to shut down the Chinese, and that would have a worse effect on me because I love the okay. Chinese than if yep. uh, if I have to listen to the child scream. It's it's hard okay. living where I do. 
because I'm. Yeah, it sounds really tough. Um, tormented. But yeah, Lost in Random looks very good. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm into it. I think as we kind of Matt mentioned before, I think EA get a hard time and sometimes rightfully get a hard time for what they do with their games. But then they do have this this side to games. But Lost in Random like looks really good. Their originals in general are pretty good. Like It Takes Two is still my game of the year, I think, and that's an EA game. Mm-hmm. You've got like the um, Unraveled games; they're both enjoyable. Like EA Originals are good games. They are. People should. People should. Just oh, I was gonna. I don't know. Don't know what I was gonna do. There you go. That's enough EA talk. I've come. I've just. It's, it's getting warm again now. I've had my <laughs> windows closed for twenty again. minutes, <laughs> and I've lost all flow. Um, Talking of EA games, I thought I'd do a little bit of a Mass Effect update because it's been a long time since I started Mass Effect now, and few people, I'm sure, want to know what's going on in my universe. Do um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, many people have asked Matt. Many people. Get, get, get I'm an sure inbox you'd want to know as well. Um, I had um, a look at where your trophies were, so I know exactly where you are. Oh, it? So you'd rather look at my trophy list than talk to <laughs> yep, me. Yeah, exactly. Days. Our relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just mental. Matt is a man of fact. He only <laughs> yes. needs to know progression statistics. He doesn't need to know your opinions. He, I, I tell him what I do in Mass Effect, and he checks the trophy to see if I'm lying. It's like, well, he actually says you never did this. <laughs> oh, that would be so good if he caught you out doing that. that would be brilliant. <laughs> Um, the truth is, though, I, I'm only three trophies away from the Mass Effect 2 Platinum, which I might go back and do, because they're all just ones like Incinerate 25 people, which I don't think would take very long. Super but, um, easy. Yeah, I could I might do go that. and do that. No, we Today. Can do it for me. Um, I mean, yeah, in I real life. Mass Effect. Anyway, so. <laughs> okay. we, can't, well, we can't be talking about what we're doing, uh, incinerating people in real life. We can't be t- talking about that. Um, <laughs> I just finished Mass Effect 2 two or three days ago now. And I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, one of the better games I've ever played, I think. And I'm only like, I think three hours into Mass Effect Three, and I'm already thinking this might even be better. Which I know a lot. I know a lot of Mass Effect Three for people comes down to the ending. So I'll see what I think when it's all said and done. They're loonies. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Cause the step up from Mass Effect. One to two was pretty evident in almost everything for me, including the combat. But then I fired a gun in Mass Effect Three, and I was like, "Like Mass Effect 2's combat is good, is serviceable. Mass Effect 3's combat, the guns feel really good. I wasn't yeah. expecting them to feel that good. There's a like, lot more of them as well. Like you'll find yeah, like yeah. loads of guns. It's a proper action game by that point. Like the way the way the biotics and and tech stuff work work mm-hmm. in tandem as well. Like it all comes. I, I don't know how much of this is like one follow." one foot following the other and i don't know which foot followed first uh but the uh the the multiplayer mode which obviously isn't in the remasters like the mass effect 3 multiplayer was genuinely fucking amazing and the combat felt so good as part of that and i'm i'm always i've always wondered i'm sure it's out there and i just haven't looked hard enough which it was whether it was like we have to have a multiplayer mode so the combat has to be better or whether it's we've got combat so good that it would be a waste not to do multiplayer that was just mm-hmm. such a that was such a fun thing to do, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not going to do works. any story spoilers because I'm sure a lot of people like me might be playing through them for the first time, and I don't do that. But I can do some more like I do some like relationship updates and stuff because that's not there's those story spoilers there. I can, I can reveal I got everyone through Mass Effect Two. No one died, which I was I don't know if I got lucky. I don't know if it's quite logical the choices you make to do that but i did look up after i did it to see what could have happened and who could have died when and where 
and I almost I was a split second away from making the decision that would have got Tali killed and I wouldn't have wanted that because I like Tali so yeah that would have been a shame um I'm kind of, I kind of like all the cast. I don't think there's anyone I would have been. Maybe if like Zaid or Kasumi, so you don't really. I know they're DLC yeah, characters. Yeah. You don't really get to know them too much. But I've met Kasumi at the start of Mass Effect Three, and she's got a cool bit. So if I'd missed out on that, I would have been annoyed. So stuff like that. I will say this is something that actually um, our good friend Lucy James has been quite annoyed at me by. Had a quite a long WhatsApp conversation with me, and she sent several all caps messages to me. Um, Basically, through Mass Effect One and Two, I was, I was in a, la- a relationship with Liara. Um, well, you weren't was... in Two. <laughs> well, well, we kind of were. We kind of. <laughs> you know, I did meet up with her because I, I did the Shadow Broker stuff. So, and I, I did meet up with her, and we had a nice night together in Mass Effect Two. And it, Mass Effect Three started, and she came up to me and was like, "You know, where's this going? What's happening here? Like, do we want to carry on this, or should we just be friends?" And I had a long think. And I thought, do you know what? For a, what a while now, you haven't. I don't feel like I've been your priority, Liara. You've been off. You're, you're more happy doing other things. You don't really seem to be making too much of an effort. Married when to I the turn up to you, now. exactly. Like I turn up, and now you're interested. You didn't come looking for me. I had to go and find you. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's a new person on board the ship by the name of Samantha who has turned my head. Oh my god. <laughs> And You're having an I affair told, with a secretary. <laughs> I'm not having an affair, Matt, because first chance I could, I told Liara, I think we should be friends. So I'm, I have not cheated at all. How dare you? Also, I How say, I say secretary. She's no, specialist trainers higher than. Although yes. I always think that like Kelly seems to be like a much more like higher ranking officer within the same mean. situation. Yeah, I know what you mean. But Samantha. She made a good first impression, and I'm looking. I'm looking for possibilities there. So that's my current status in Mass Effect. Right, Liara. I'm, I'm sorry. I think we're better off being. <laughs> what, what <laughs> chilling way of talking about romance. Well, on the Normandy, it's Just what you have to do. You standing in the corner of a nightclub with a gin and tonic, <laughs> looking for possibilities. You you know that the least. Um, believable thing about that is the gin and tonics i hate gin and tonics well, <laughs> so. i just it, it looks like the most possibility filled drink <laughs> but yeah it's, that's it's what all... i'm feeling i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling samantha trainer maybe where my eyes take me next in mass effect 3 so oh, yeah. who knows who knows i don't know what other possibilities are going to turn up <laughs> but yeah that's that, that's where we are who, who are you romancing because you've just started three haven't you matt yeah yeah it's it's, it's always garrus if i'm playing uh, garrus playing female shep mm-hmm. go for garrus obviously garrus is not romanceable in the first one so had a a fling with liara for the sake of getting the paramour trophy <laughs> but uh wow so you'll just you'll just go you'll just cheat on people to get trophies <laughs> I mean, this is disgusting. I'm, I'm going along with what the game will allow me. You're standing in the corner of the nightclub with a gin and tonic, asking people, "Will you help nah. me get a bronze trophy?" Perslow's <laughs> chucking moves in the middle of the, of the nightclub, like going wild, taking all so cameras. Got a big T-shirt that just says, "Talk to me if you want a bronze trophy." <laughs> it's very much the uh, it's very much the uh, the Gen Z free hugs sign. <laughs> But yeah, I see. I always saw Garrus as he's like my right hand man. He's who I put all my trust in as team leader and stuff. Tell like me what like you want in a lieutenant. partner. 
I want to keep that purely bit. I want to keep that purely on a business like you are, like we are in this fight together. I don't want any feelings to get in the way of that. I see. Um, but yeah, there we purely go. Purely business. Mm. But yeah, I'm enjoying Mass Effect a lot, which is predictable because, you know, very good in it. Yeah, should we talk about more old games that have been remastered? Uh, Skyward Sword a HD. More de- a more divisive one, to be sure. Definitely more divisive. I haven't played either the original or the new one yet. I haven't bought it. I've just got too much work and too many games to play, so why spend £60 on a game I'm not going to play anytime soon? But you've both been playing it quite a bit, haven't you? I've played it a lot. I've played um, it a small amount. Yeah. Uh, I think Matt and I feel differently about this uh we feel differently about a single thing i think i'm more on side on the other stuff yeah that's good um i so i never finished skyward sword when it came out um because i didn't get a wii for a few years after it came out and then i kind of came to it late and then there was just it's that feeling of like have you ever had that where you buy a console late and you get a big stack of games that everyone tells you are good and you just never finish Mm -hmm. any of them um i did that uh and it wasn't for disliking it i had like i wasn't a huge fan of the motion controls but i felt like i knew what they were trying to do and it kind of worked for me um i just absolutely love this game now (laughs) i'm like 25 hours in i think i'm getting towards the end i've just enjoyed every minute of it i think it's just i think the i think the trouble people had when it came out i saw this i think it was a guy called ross fubister who i think is a very good twitter follow if you like games um uh, what are you looking confused about, Cardi? I just... There was someone shouting outside your house just then. No, it's the tool. It's the power tool. <laughs> Is that the tool? That sounded like someone shouting. I know it does. <laughs> um, the uh, So, basically, I... Uh, yeah, like... Oh, I forgot what I said because the power tool. <laughs> the power tool came along and ruined you were, it. You were just saying that you're absolutely loving it now and you didn't originally. Yeah. Um, basically... I, I just I, I don't know what more to say, but I think that, yeah, Ross Fubister, that's who I was talking about. Good Twitter yes. follow at eighty seventh. He runs the Cool Box Art Twitter feed as well. He's very good. Um, he pointed out that he thinks more people are going to like Skyward Sword now because they're not going into it with the idea that this is like what Zelda is now, or this is the future of Zelda. It's just a one-off experiment. And with that in mind, I genuinely think a lot more people will get into it because they've still got Breath of the Wild, but this is just mm-hmm. like. A dungeon from beginning to end. There is no, like, really the overworld barely matters, and even that's full of puzzles. And all it is is just, like, classic Zelda, get tools, use tools in interesting ways to do interesting stuff and fight bosses over and over again for 30 hours. And I'm finding it so satisfying to just kind of rinse through in that way. Um, Where, I'm not sure uh, Matt's thoughts on that, but I will quickly get onto the motion controls, which I have not used at all. I've used button controls uh, and I found them mostly satisfying, but I know that Matt has not found them as good. Mm-hmm. So I really like the game. Like, I, so I've never played Skyward Sword before. This is my first introduction to it. Like last week, Emma was saying that kind of like it's great for her, and I have the same thing that we just get a new Zelda game this year. Mm. And I sort of think it doesn't feel like it's aged massively in terms of kind of the stuff that I'm doing. Like I find really satisfying. It's got a good. I've only done the first temple as in like the first proper temple not there's like a tutorial one that you do very close to the start but then you go down to hyrule and i've done the first temple where you get a good bit of equipment there's a lot of really fun little 
walking back and forth between different rooms and getting things to do different things, filling up with water. It's got all of that kind of good Zelda stuff. And I really like the art style. I think that's that's got a great feel to it, like that watercolor stuff. Mm. The So I like all of that side of it. And I will be definitely playing through it. At the moment, I've gone back to Mass Effect 3 just because obviously I am a huge Mass Effect nut. Um, and, but once I finish that, I'll be coming back to it. My The reason why I'm probably not pursuing with it immediately is I find the button layout, it, it feels very much like... It's obviously from a controller that had one analog stick and mm. required you to waggle a stick to do a lot of stuff. And the way they've kind of like... I can see why they've reformatted it as it is, so that what you have is the right analog stick, you move up and down to swing your sword up and down and left and right and then in diagonals. And then... But what that means is because you've got that attached to that stick, to actually look around, you have to hold the shoulder button. And I, maybe because I'm just a bit cack-handed, find it very difficult to do very quick movements between that. So if you're fighting a character and Mm -hmm. you do need to do a little bit of movement, I find it a little bit more difficult to actually handle moving and swiping swords in quick succession. And I also find that I've only played it in handheld mode, which is not the usual way I play my Switch. But Mm. I was away from my flat for a while, and that's where I was playing it. Um, I find that the very small analog sticks on the handheld are not great for actually getting the motion of the sword swing very well. So I find that I'm quite often doing diagonals instead of across. Yeah, so that's I why think I've been that, frustrated. I think that's totally fair. So I've used a pro controller the whole mm-hmm. time, which is obviously like a full-size controller. And I think the stick stuff is weird. So the moving the camera thing, when at first started, I was like, oh my God, this is going to destroy my entire time with this game. Uh, I kind of did get used to that as I went on. Like, And now by this point, I'm now genuinely worried that I'm going to go into another game and forget that you don't have to hold <laughs> buttons to move the camera around. Um, but the the other part of it is the... like. I know some people have been uh, taken aback by the fact that, like, obviously if you hold right, Link holds his sword out to Mm -hmm. the right, and then you slash it left to slash left. And so I think some people have been like, oh, that's a weirdly cumbersome way to deal with that. The thing is, and maybe this is harder on the Joy-Cons, I haven't used them properly, but, like, on a full-size stick, you can just flick it, and then he does it, like, without any Mm pre-motion to do that. And there's only a couple of fights where it really relies on you lighting up a a shot first um so that kind of thing has kind of faded to the background the thing on the movement which i find interesting because i think that and i had the same problem i think that comes down to how you expect to be playing an action game as opposed to how you are forced to play skyward Mm -hmm. sword because almost the entire time you're given one person to look at and duel um and so it wants you to just hold the lock on and just walk around them and like side strafe and kind of get behind them and break their break their guard, um, and it took I, that was another thing where I was just like, oh, that took me like ten hours to really get used to the point where I'm what twenty five hours in. I've only just started using my shield because I was like, oh, this is yeah. a fucking nightmare. I, to be quite honest, I haven't even figured out like you push in, don't you, on the stick to bring the shield up, but kind of like yeah. the actual intricacies intricacies of shield combat, it's not really quite explained to me yet, and I'm just assuming. No. I know it's got a long like education curve, hasn't it, to that game? It so. never tells you any more about using the <laughs> shield. It's literally, it literally comes down to when you click it in, that's a parry, mm-hmm. and it just it only wants you to parry. Right. It does 
not want you soaking up hits. It wants you to be parrying every single hit yeah. with a shield because that's why they've got um, uh, like degradation. Yeah. The idea mm-hmm. is that if you're soaking up things, it, you are punished heavily for that to the point where most shields break after like five hits. Um, so yeah, I feel like I, I totally get why that that stuff um, stuff bugs people, and I think the, your point about the small sticks is very very fair. But I will say, the longer you go on with it, the less it becomes like a, an active thought, as opposed to maybe something just yeah. occasionally rears its head. I'm absolutely um, willing to give it the time because I think the game design is, especially as kind of like, I love what Breath of the Wild is, and I think Breath of the Wild has set out a really good new future for Zelda. Yeah. But there is something about that, and I think because I'm so into FromSoft's games as well, like there's a certain element of Dark Souls that does draw from that same school yeah, of yeah. walking around these kind of very elaborate kind of dungeons. And obviously there's less puzzle solving in Dark Souls, but I really like the fact that instead of super difficult bosses, I've got like these big kind of brain teasers in that each room kind of links to another room in the way that you think about it. And mm. I love, like, in that first one, there's a lot of bits where to get through gates you've got eyes and you have to make the eye dizzy mm. and i like that each time it starts introducing other elements to the door and it's like well now you've got two eyes how are you going to make both of them dizzy at the same time and it just sort of gradually escalates and i think that's a really nice way of putting together the dungeons yeah the um the the i think the interesting thing with skyward sword like skyward sword must have come out after the first dark souls right um or the same year i think because i the same year i was at GameSpot doing an internship when skyrim dark souls and skyward sword were all sort of around the same time good time yeah um the uh yeah so is that 2008 2009 2011 was 2011 yeah um but the like i think the thing you really notice lots of people had a problem with how skyward sword makes you backtrack which again i kind of get but actually going back to it it really feels natural that you'd go to those places and build them out like that i also love zelda- backtracking like i think yeah, it's a great that, thing that's zelda dungeon making writ large like it's going mm-hmm. not just the dungeon unfolds as you're inside it but open open world or you know hub world areas open up as you go through them and then your overworld does the same thing in skyloft like everything is is slowly unfolded for you and that feels super dark soulsy in a Mm -hmm. lot of places like unlocking shortcuts and building up new ways to get to new areas from the same areas it's like a lot of that stuff feels very like echoey of of dark souls level design um it's very cool i really love it i think Mm. it's great i'd actually like so i do really like breath of the world obviously and i love it because it's of the systemic nature of it like i love finding Mm. new things i do hope that even if it's not Breath of the Wild sequel, but whatever comes after, is able to find like a nice middle ground between the two to be able to have that beautiful open worldness with all of these systemic design. But I want those massive dungeons again, where like it's not just little shrines, like you're really delving into something deep and mystical that's got all of that design to it. I'm I'm still convincing myself that the flying bits of Breath of the Wild 2 are big dungeons mm-hmm. because they're naturally enclosed, so that feels to me very like a natural fit for how they would build that yeah. back into the structure of the open world game. Oh man, can't wait. What if the twist is Breath of the Wild 2 is actually Skyward Sword 2? I'd have it. Big I mean, reveal. It, it really does look like they are combining those two things and they're both the same director and he, mm-hmm. those are his only two mainline Zelda games he did. He did some of the spin-offs for Capcom. Um, so I think like there's, you know, there's something in the idea that he'd be like, well I made two of the most different Zelda games ever. So now I'll just go like, 
there you go. There's your 11 out of 10 game. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> also um, would make sense why they'd release Skyward Sword, right? Like there might be something in the marketing to get people used to some of these ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, That would make sense. Um, another game which has iterated on Zelda and, as you mentioned, Matt, probably from a lot of Dark Souls as well, mm-hmm. is Death Store, which is the hot new indie game, which I don't know about you guys. For me, it just kind of came out of nowhere like the reviews came out everyone was giving it nines tens out of ten like this game is incredible it wasn't until joe told me it was from the developers of titan souls that i realized i maybe should have known about this game i just this was maybe i'd seen it in trailers before a presentation but i just hadn't been tracking this game at all i remember yeah, the for me it just kind of released coming out and i think yeah. did, did reb do our preview for this joe like i remember reb talking a lot about Death uh, she definitely did some stuff after E3 mm-hmm. on it, but I don't know whether she did a preview on it. But that's when I started hearing about it and hearing it, and it, yeah. it seemed like it probably got something good, but then it wasn't until you'd started talking about it, Carter. It was like, okay, I should actually probably start looking at this when it comes out. Yeah, it's on PC and Xbox if you haven't checked it out. Not on Game Pass, sadly, but I think it's only 15 to £20, so it's not a super expensive game. Um, but yeah, it's got a lot of Zelda to it, and it's got a lot of Dark Souls to it. I know that almost half the games that are announced these days seem to be, here's our Souls-influenced games, but this one genuinely is. And I think the reason I'm liking it so much, I've only played about an hour, I should say, I'm not very far into it, but it's got the bits of Dark Souls games I do like, but in a more forgiving way. I just I like the kind of checkpointing, and it's just it's not as difficult a game. And I know that's a dull thing to say about Souls games as they're difficult, but they are challenging games, and this one isn't as challenging a game, at least so far. I don't know how difficult it gets, <laughs> but I'm you, you're smiling yeah. like it gets super difficult. I'm, I'm like <laughs> maybe five hours into it now. Um, I wouldn't say like it's never as difficult as kind of like Souls games are. Mm-hmm. Um, the checkpointing I actually think is very similar to Demon Souls, where you get a checkpoint at the start, and mm-hmm. you probably won't get one until the boss. Um, but what it does do is is the level design is so snake like that it means yeah. you're constantly unlocking shortcuts. So you're always yeah. like pretty much every little step of progress you make, you're knocking down a wall or you're creating mm-hmm. a bridge. Or it's got the one thing that I love that the Souls games do that this is Nick's basically wholesale is pulling levers and getting a really satisfying clunk as like a gate drops open or a ladder drops yep. down and it does a lot of that and genuinely some of the best level design that I've seen this year like really fantastic both kind of like in the way that they snake and kind of like fit together but also in like the visual design of them there's like really distinct differences between where you are which for what is essentially a world that all completely links together and runs back on itself you need that kind of aesthetic difference to understand where you are in relation to the other things. Mm-hmm. So when you do get that bit where you unlock a door or a gate and you come back in, you immediately go, oh, I'm back here. I know exactly how yeah. all of this runs together now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, setting, I should say what the setting for this game is if you haven't heard of it. It's kind of, I don't know a lot about the story yet, but it's almost like a Grim Fandango mm. start to the game. Is You basically play a Reaper who happens to be a small crow. You've got to go find some souls and 
you basically shortly into the game find out oh i've got to go to different corners of this world to defeat some big bosses to get enough souls to unlock another door and that's as far as much as i know so far i've done the i don't know if it's the first boss of the game or if it's a mini boss like it's a big like walking castle thing yeah i don't know if that's there's, a boss there's I'd... three kind of big bosses that are the kind of keys to the to the game mm. and then there are kind of like the smaller bosses which i guess are your regular yeah. bosses throughout of which the castle is one of them mm-hmm. um but yeah i like that as you say that grim fandango it's like it's a bureaucracy style kind of like yeah. afterlife agency um which is sort of like feels like it's inspired by like the death's door sort of thing is very monsters inc in that like yeah in your overall like it's equivalent to firelink shrine like where you go when you come out of the overworld back to kind of like the reaper world is just full of doors that lead you to different areas of the world and that's got mm-hmm. a very sort of like and those doors are powered by soul energy and there's quite a lot of discussion like in the company it's like oh well we need to go out to reap souls so that we can open doors to reap more souls and it's got that kind of like the inevitability of the scare system of monsters inc which i quite like honestly yeah. man let's get rid of souls likes i want monsters inc's likes to be the next big <laughs> yes. thing in gaming like, like, but, i'm um, so into that i think as, as well as the level design i've come across a couple of little puzzles so far which are fun i'm in the second area of the game it seems a bit more puzzly um just the combat is just really tight yeah. like it's it controls really well so far i've only got the sword and the bow and arrow that you start with so i haven't picked up any new weapons but i've heard there's some fun weapons you can get along the way and, and yeah i just stuff ones as well like you get a hook exactly. shot and stuff like that nice it's just a very well designed game it's just like yeah it's just it's just very fun and that's what i want like and it's only what i've heard about 10 hours long which is music Mm. to my ears as well i don't i don't need a super long game i've got mass effect on the go and that's my long game for now (laughs) this is my uh post zelda game so i haven't touched it at all but the one Mm -hmm. thing i do know about it is the signs Mm -hmm. you seen the signs yeah yes that's good like if you haven't seen it you can chop signs in half like you can in old zelda games except in this if you try and then read them the actual text box that would come up in a Zelda game is also chopped in half, and that's fucking brilliant. Good on it. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I've Matt, you've always played a lot more than me, and I assume it's still good at the point oh, you're at. And... It's it's like one of those. It's vying for my game of the year. Like, there's been oh, a lot of go. good games of this kind of like scale, for lack of a better word, like this and Wildermyth and. Um... Uh, Grifflands, all of these kind of things have been the things that have stood out for me. Like, I ultimately feel like for me this year has been the year of Mass Effect because that's what's taken up so much of my time this year. Mm-hmm. But um, playing these in between that is like all of them quite different, all of them kind of taking cool ideas from other games and re riffing them in its own way. Like, but yeah, as you say, the it feels so tightly designed this that it really does feel something special. Yep. Yeah. Play Death Store. If you get the chance, like I said, it's uh, not too expensive at the moment, so yeah, worth taking a gamble on. Now I don't even think it'd be that much of a gamble because it's got it's just a good game. Uh, do you know what else is a good game? Well, I'm assuming it's a good game. Joe designed it, so who knows where it's going to go? The endless search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got question for you. Hold up the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got question for you. Is it in the search? The fucking kid just joined in with the power. <laughs> <tool>. <laughs>
Like what? now it's double. Now I've got two of the same sound from two different sources. It's fucking. That is awful. just the perfect backdrop to an endless search. I'm going to close screaming my window. Child I feel a like power it's, drill. it's been going on too long. Now I have to close it. I'm okay. Go this is all staying in. This yeah. is all staying in. It yeah. Be with, this is for isomilitude, motherfucker. Who you think's going to win this endless search, Matt? Uh, <laughs> probably you. Nah, I think you will. Look at us being kind. <laughs> oh. Huh? Joe, what game are we playing? We're playing that game you played last week where you uh, named the thing with the highest Metacritic. Simple. Yeah. I like it. It's just a really fun game. I enjoyed listening to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was very good. So we'll do it again. It's games Uh again. I've got five categories of games. Matt, do you understand the concept? I do. Yeah. Good. Okay. If you don't at home, you'll get it very shortly. Um, I'm going to name you categories. You're going to give me game names that would have the highest Metacritic in those categories. And we are starting with what I think is... I don't know whether this is hard or not. <laughs> Rockstar game. Hmm? Ooh. As in, uh, games made by Rockstar, not games with rock stars in them. Correct. <laughs> so I can't have a... Brutal legend. Here, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, which one is going to be the highest? That's the thing. <sighs> As if, who's going first? Who... Uh... Uh, Matt's on the left on my screen, so Matt will go first. Okay, okay. I've already got mine. Bang okay, in. go for it. Okay, uh, GTA San Andreas. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I like it. See, I... I've got a couple in mind. Uh, I'm going to ask you to uh, specify, specify a format. Oh. PC or PS2. Uh, PS2. Cool. So I've got two in my head. For me, I think it's going to be their last two games. I've got Red Dead 2, but I can't remember if everyone... For me, maybe the best game I've ever played in the top three. And I know we gave it a 10, but I don't know how... M- I seem to remember at the time there were people who were a bit like... Mm, I know several people who hate it. Yeah, exactly. But I, c- I don't know, like I can't remember move. the reviews. I can't remember how many reviews didn't give it like a 9 or a 10. Mm. But... For safety, I can't remember too many people not thinking that GTA 5 was a 10 or a 9. So I'm going to go GTA 5. Okay. And on the original on PS, we'll go PS3, whatever it is. The PS3 version? Yeah, the original release of it. That's 4, sorry. I picked the wrong wrong game. I'll tell you straight out of the gate that... Uh, I wouldn't have expected this, but four is definitely highly, more highly rated than both of these games, which is wild to me. Mm, yeah, uh, I really like four. I've got kind of the urge to play four. I want a remaster of four. Is it because you've been playing like The Sopranos, so you've got that kind of want for Watch, like a... maybe? But I just I, I really like four. I just I like four. Yeah, I want it remastered so it just doesn't look as blurry and grey. Mm. <laughs> you need that PC mod. I never PC played the. Um, I never. I never played the expansions for four. Oh, they're so the, good. The, oh, and yeah, good. everyone says they're amazing. Maybe I should mm-hmm. do that. Um, right, Matt. Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas on PlayStation 2 has a meta score of 95. Oh, that's high, that. Grand Theft Auto 5 on PlayStation 3 has a meta score of 97. Oh! Cardi comes a in. A See, when you, said, when you said PlayStation, I thought you might have fucked it because... I'm fairly sure mm. the Xbox version ran better than the PlayStation I think version. In this case, uh, it probably the, takes them both as the same, doesn't it? I think PS3 and Xbox they do have the same on here. Right. Uh, whether whether that means 
anything. I don't know. I suppose mm-hmm. in the PS2 era, there were more single format games mags, yeah. weren't there? Like, you got exactly. at least two PlayStation mags and at least two Xbox mags. Go, I'll take it. He's oh, done well. That was one. Big star. Anyone could have done it. Right. Next. We are going for a game in which you create a custom character. Ooh. And I'm talking appearance, not like loadouts. Okay. Just get my mic. It's falling over. It's back up. Where you create a custom character. Something you would you could see in the Monster Factory series. <laughs> I am gonna go for let me think I'm just trying to think of the best games of all time and how many of those you can create a character in. I'm gonna do one here that I think may irritate Matt. And I'm going to say Divinity Original Sin uh, 2. I got that in mind, but you can take it. I've got another <laughs> one. Oh. Divinity Original on Sin PC. 2. Yeah, say. Divinity Original Sin 2 on yeah. PC. Cool. I'm assuming that... Lo- I don't know the launch history of that game. I'm assuming it launched in a good state. <laughs> it did, to my remembrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you've no worries there. Matt. I am going to go for... Dark Souls 3. 3? On PlayStation 4. On PlayStation 4. Another very high score in a couple of games. Cardi. Divinity Original Sin 2 on PC. 93. Big time scores. I thought it would be an early 90s. That's what I was banking for. Matt, Dark Souls 3 on PS4. 89. Oh. oh. I'm sorry. Cardi takes it. Just but give again, it. by scant numbers of points. Mm-hmm. Just tell me exactly. what Bloodborne, because Bloodborne was the other one that I was thinking could have been. Yeah, the other I, one. I, I have Bloodborne in mind. Bloodborne. But I think even we gave it like a 9 or something. We didn't... 92, so it would have been one away. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Cardi could take an early win with. A game that doesn't feature violence. <laughs> I'm going to say okay. primarily doesn't feature. You know, like violence isn't its key concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Am I up first? Yes. Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley is a big time. Does include quite a lot of Do we, killing can I, slimes. Can I ask <laughs> a question? Would you say that Portal 2 contains any violence? Is that a puzzle game? You don't kill anything. I think I'd accept Portal 2. Is Matt okay with that? Yeah, I think so. Like, you're I'll not shooting portal. them. Like, you're using you're not, puzzles you're to not, get rid of no turrets. There's no real violence. Yeah. I mean, the turrets are trying to kill you, but... <laughs> you're not committing violence, no. though, are you, I suppose? Not against humans. Uh, okay. Uh, Stardew, uh, please specify a format. Um... <laughs> Ooh, that's a good Ooh. question. Well, I think I'll go for the original PC version. PC. You've picked correctly. Uh, okay. Portal 2. My backup, if you said Portal wasn't fine, was just going to be Animal Crossing. <laughs> Matt. Mm-hmm. Stardew Valley on PC garnered an 89. That's, high, that's higher won't than be, I thought. Won't be as much as Portal, though, will it? Cardi. <laughs> 95 for Portal 2 across all formats. Uh, so that is a big win game. for Cardi. But I've got two more categories. So yeah, I'm going to go. Like 
It's been close. It's not it's like, you know. It's been very close. Like, that was the biggest gap, and that was six Metascore points. Exactly. So I could replay the Portal games. It's been a long time now. I don't think I could remember the solutions. Oh, I definitely wouldn't. Um, or... A game in which you eat food. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I could. Is it me first? Yeah, this time around. Is. I'm sorry. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> Taking the risk, seeing if it, if in this uh, world. I actually can't remember what's going on. I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild's like a 97 or a 99. Even. It wasn't as 99. high because this came up in, because Emma and, and Al voted it in, didn't they, on the yeah. last time. I think Boys. I remember rightly, it's a 97. Boys, they're both 97. They're... I want Ooh. two more games. So Red Dead would have won the Rockstar one as well. How interesting. Okay, uh, let me think for backup quickly then. Um, two more food games. Uh, let me eat food. Uh, I'll go with The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. You can eat food, can't you? I'm not going mad. Yeah, you, you have, can eat food. You have food and your weird little fiddly inventory yeah. uh, what format uh, more. uh just the the ps3 version the, there wasn't one on ps3 ps4 sorry ps4 sorry <laughs> that would Getting have a very low PS4. letter score <laughs> yeah i'll go with the the ds version yeah. of the uh, witcher 3 okay matt do you eat in animal crossing you um, pick food you can no. definitely eat. Um, you can definitely have coffee, although not in New Horizons. I think I'm sure I remember eating something in that. In New Horizons, yeah, yeah. You can eat the fruit. You can eat the in fruit. New Horizons. Oh yeah, you eat yeah. it. Right. So, yeah, My answer stronger, is Animal Crossing you? New Horizons. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, of course. If you want to smash rocks, you go eat an orange <laughs> or, or any fruit. Uh, New Horizons. Animal Crossing New Horizons is a ninety. With a user score of 5.5. Grow up, Metacritic. <laughs> uh, what was the one you said? Witcher 3. Witcher 3 on PS4. PS4. Uh, yeah, PS4. So <laughs> it's a 92. It's 4 oh. nil. I mean... Boys. Yeah. This has been close. It's a, game of, it's a game of luck, isn't it? Mainly, let's be honest. I guess. Final category. A game... That features pixel art as its primary art style. Oh, I wish. Oh, pixel art as its primary. It's, it's map first, isn't that? I think it's the mm-hmm. classic PAP pixel art primary. <laughs> pixel art, as we as call it's... it in the biz. I'm gonna bid Hyper Light Drifter. I'm going for something similar. I'm going for a modern interpreter. I'm going to go for Shovel Knight. Oh, those are good ones, boys. I think there's probably an actual original pixel art game. To be fair, Metacritic doesn't go that far back, does it? So probably has to be a modern game of pixel art. God, they've released Shovel Knight so many fucking times. Oh, just the original. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally on. I've got it. I've got it. Had a very good Street Pass mode on 3DS Shovel Knight. If you don't know. You would street you pass you your day. half of a fight to the other person yeah. who would send you their half of a fight and then it would play out three rounds. It was really good. Uh, mm. Shovel Knight. 
is 90. That is higher Origi- than I thought it would be. On its original uh, 3DS release. I, I thought that mid-80s written all over it. And Hyperlight Drifter. Actually, I haven't checked all the... Wait. I'm going to check all the formats. I want to make sure I've got the right one. Uh, which format are you going for? PC, PS4, or Switch? PC. 84. Oh. It's uh, very sad. It's a big win. That is a big good game, though. Clear the floor, didn't you, Cardi? That's a 5 0. I'm good but at thinking of the good ones. Never more like, than six points between you. There was no there was exactly. no wild disgrace. No embarrassing, not, apart I from saying Witcher 3 was on that's, PS3. That's but, just watching you know. that's watching Messi and Ronaldo go at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the thing, because Jesse's And not, I mean, uh, go at to, it. <laughs> I want to know how Jesse is at getting, guessing good games. We know he's the master of guessing uh, low Rotten Tomatoes and low Metacritic. He knows, he knows the bottom of the barrel. Does he know the cream of the crop? I'm enjoying we'll this. One day. Yeah, I'm enjoying this run of like test your knowledge games. I mean, I test. think it's. I think there's something to it. We should. Are we coming we to the end of the endless search? T Y. No, it's now. It's now called test your knowledge. T Y K. T Y K. Take it. <laughs> Let's have some of your feedback. Of course, after this feedback, there will be a spoiler warning where we will talk about Loki spoilers. But for now. Some feedback which you can always send in at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com mm. with yeah, the search games and any good narrative based car games. That's what we're looking for this week. I sounded more and more like Alan Partridge every week that goes by. <laughs> uh, who's got the first? It's me who's got the first piece of feedback. And it's from Liam who says, Duck Hunt, hello to you all. Long time, first time, etc. Welcome to the team, Emma. Indeed, welcome to the team, Emma. She will return. She's not been banished yet. We had too many nice, too many nice comments about about having exactly. A, having so a new we personal. had to return just to really even out that and get some bad. Yeah, comments. we really need to bring the level back down so that people yeah. know that like what we're aiming for as a podcast, which is yeah, mediocrity. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, Liam says, I've just read Joe's article. Brilliant read, by the way. That's Liam, not me, by the way. I'm not saying it was a brilliant read. Um, Although I did, you know, I don't disagree. On Konami's plan to do away with Pez and create eFootball, a free-to-play live-service football game. Personally, I think this is a brilliant idea, and I hope it's one that pays off for them. FIFA, specifically Ultimate Team, has become a yearly disappointment of starting out, having a bit of fun, realising it's only been two weeks and everyone has got squads and giving up to not play until the next season. Correct. I'm, that That That's is exactly normally how, I feel. how it goes for me, but this year, I don't know. I think it's because I've been locked inside for a year. I have just played it too much. Boy got um, a god squad, didn't he? I've got a god squad, look at me. I am the god squad man. God squad? I didn't even say squad. Squad. Uh, got Pele though, innit? Yeah. I'm quite optimistic about the future of eFootball if the developers act slash react dynamically as Joe wishes them to in the article. I do. On the other hand, the realistic prediction I have is that eFootball, terrible name, also that's, what, that's Liam again, and I do agree on that, eFootball yeah. is a terrible name, mm-hmm. uh, will launch and instantly be disliked by most football game fans. Creating gameplay that can run on iOS through to new-gen consoles seem ma- seems massively ambitious, and I doubt they'll crack that nut first time. Only hope this doesn't kill the game completely, but through gradual updates and tweaks, they create the best football game on the market, and those initially put off come back to check it out. Keep up the good work on the podcast. We pray the football gods grant us more. It's football day. Who knows? Uh, then, controversial ending here from Liam. You're doing so well. 
says fuck the sea no respect the skies absolutely no, not respect the sea and the skies no yeah. don't respect the skies it's full of billionaires and birds and i don't like either <laughs> of them <laughs> uh, um uh, yeah. yeah i i kind of agree with completely with what liam is saying there about pez that in principle i think it's a good idea and one they kind of needed to do i don't know if they needed to do but it's a good idea for them to do to go free to play i do worry about the launch of it because it seems what the initial roadmap is basically launching as a demo essentially with like nine teams and kickoff modes and then seemingly like stuff like master league which people still love playing to this day might be paid dlc so it's not really a free to play game well it is but you know i'm you know what i mean yeah i think so I'm glad Liam saw my 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 idea with that piece, which is to spell out what I think is uh, potentially good about all of this, which is mm-hmm. I think we have reached a point where year every year people are upset by how little their game has changed um, mm-hmm. and yet still pay for it. And then because that is no longer enough to finance a game of these this kind on both sides of the FIFA Pez or eFootball sides... Um, they then get, you know, scraped for money by Ultimate Team and my club. And so, to me, there's something much more potentially interesting about a game in which I pay for exactly what I want. So, I do think it, they've made a mistake by just straight up calling it free-to-play. Because what they're selling you is a platform that you can build out in the in the way you want. So, I will probably never touch my club, but I might buy Master League and play that and enjoy myself with that side of stuff. And I might, you know, if they did like a team-based battle pass and like Spurs came up, I might engage mm. that month and get lots of Spurs cosmetics or whatever you could, whatever the the customization options they're going to allow for that kind of thing are. But yeah. I do think the point here is that they're not making a great first impression. I am worried uh, by the um, launching as a demo situation. I do believe that you can make a game that looks right for new gen and still have it work on mobile like Fortnite obviously is a different scale of game but it does work and it works mm-hmm. seamlessly i've never seen anyone complain about the differences between those two things in terms of cross play they've already said like uh that you can only players on mobile using controllers can play with people playing with controllers on anything else so you won't have like mismatches in that way i think there's a lot they've already thought through and i think there's more they could think through and i don't think they're not paying attention to what people are saying now either because that that is the crux of my piece about this which is this is a this is a model that now requires them to react more than they've ever had to before to keep this thing alive like it's kind of high risk high reward for pez and i'm fine with that um and also frankly like pez just hasn't been the game i want it to be for about five or six years and i'm more happy to see them try something than just stay the same um Mm -hmm. so and this is kind of why I'm excited about Assassin's Creed Infinity as an idea. If it does turn out to be a live service platform that adds a bunch of different Assassin's Creed stories as it goes through, you know, like I'm fine with this thing of like, let's shift how we release these things as opposed to what we make. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I, w- I want it to do well. I want to like pet. Well, it's going to be it's gonna take a while for people. People will just call it Pez still for a long time. Absolutely. You know? Exactly. And but, they should. Yeah. One of the things they might listen to and change is let it be called Pez again. <laughs> exactly. Stop calling it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful we'll see um, see how it actually plays because obviously whole new engine switching to Unreal. Um, 
that uh, on new football game online test didn't necessarily leave a good impression, but I don't think that's really close to what that game hopefully will be like when it launches. And but I'm yeah. hoping that the game launches with that song in the trailer. Oh my god! You what, are you powerful. Are power- powerful. We'll be playing that at the end of the show. Don't you worry. You it are is. powerful. We'll be playing. Have you heard the song, Matt? No. It's, oh, a, I, it's, I it's, it's a very odd wanna. choice. <laughs> it's um, it's a stunning piece of music. Great. It's almost um. I got reminded of the football. Was it from? I think it was from Pez 2008. The um, football soccer, football soccer greatest game of all song, which is also top tier Konami music. There are some, <laughs> there are some wild choices of the soundtracks of those games. I love it. So good. Uh, what email have you got, Joe? This is from Adam Brown. He says, "Hello, guys. I somewhat enjoy the podcast. I don't want to give too much praise <laughs> as to upset Joe. Correct." <laughs> Actually, I, I really liked. Another... I liked the praise in the last one. Oh, is this an exactly. onsen story again? It's another onsen story. Yes. <laughs> God, how, who knew we had such a cultured I and new like audience? <laughs> it's a shame we've almost used all of them now. We can't really do an onsen special. <laughs> no, and I think that's a harder sh- shout than even drowning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if anything, onsens are a subset of drowning. <laughs> mm-hmm. We will need to... a new uh, special idea. For, well, we'll we, get there. For Christmas the, time. Yeah, no, they'll they're naturally all, They're occur. organic. They're organic, Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I went to Japan a few years ago, says Adam, and initially struggled to find an onsen that I, an onsen that I would be allowed entry to. This is because I have various tattoos, one being a full Japanese sleeve, much to the, the distaste of several folk I went past on my Japan adventures. One notable occasion being at Tokyo Disney, where a Japanese man stared at my arm as he walked past with a dropped jaw who then, at a safe distance, poked his wife in the arm and pointed at me. (laughs) Or being rather hot in a Tokyo nightclub that night, so I took off my hoodie to be told very quickly by security to cover that up. Anyway, back to the onsen story. Well, that was just him complaining about (laughs) tattoo reactions. I suppose if you don't know that, yeah, Japanese culture tattoos aren't really a thing, are they? Yeah, I think you're part Uh, of the Yakuza. mm -hmm. Anyway. Back to the onsen story. As per the past few stories, I may start with a did you even go to an onsen if you didn't see a ridiculously old Japanese guy section. (laughs) I indeed saw one myself, possibly with the largest, most pendulous testicles I've ever seen. (laughs) Pendulous is a great word. It's good to know. The onsen also had a small section with strange plugs in the water. (laughs) I thought I would try it out as I wasn't sure what it was. I made my way into it. To instant regret... Sorry, yeah, I read that badly. I made my way into it to instant regret. The best way to describe how it felt is if you've ever used the instant abs pads where it pulses on your muscles, but it's a constant feeling. Oh, so this is one of those electrical baths again. I thought that was just a one-off onsen. Turns out they're everywhere. I managed to sit down. I must have looked very uncomfortable as the Japanese man opposite me had a chuckle and pointed to a sign in Japanese, then to his heart. (laughs) What could it mean? (laughs) However, when it was time to leave, I couldn't move. After mustering as much force as I could, I was able to move my legs to drag myself away. Drag. Imagine watching a man, to your knowledge, a man of the Yakuza, getting into an electric bath and then having to drag himself out by his big tattooed arms. He'd be frightening. After this, I went outside to a waterfall bath, to which a man had a, chat in, uh, had a chat in broken English with me about my sleeve, where I got it, and how long I'd had it. When I asked him how long he'd had his tattoos for, he told me 30 years, so I can only assume that someone with tattoos for that long in Japan is quite likely, likely a member or former member of the Yakuza. Here ends my stories. Respect the sea. Adam. 
I'd say respect the onsen for your your particular stories, Adam. But thank you. Yeah, You've I like the onsen the, talk. The rich tapestry of bathing in Japan like, publicly. Did you see that in the um, DLC for um, Ghost of Tsushima, the uh, hot springs? There's now monkeys at some of the hot springs. Hell okay. yeah! Let's there get in go. with the monkeys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If anyone's got any monkey stories or nonsense, that you'd really, really be floating our boat there. But don't okay. make them up. I don't. No, want don't make up monkey. Onsen no monkey onsen liars around here. Monkey onsen sounds like a guy who would be associated, if not in <laughs> big the monkey Yakuza. onsen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> monkey onsen sounds like the guy who's really desperate to get in it, and they keep stringing him along and making him buy pies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt. I've got one here from Ben Johnson who says, Morning, fellas. It's afternoon, but we'll allow it. Uh, I typically enjoy listening to this podcast to relax and not get flashbacks of my heinous crimes from my youth. Yet here we are. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. In the last episode. (laughs) In the last episode, when Emma was complaining about hay fever, Cardi, 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 who knows? This is in regards to they don't know how to spell your name. Which I've noticed oh, right. a lot it's, of people don't know how to spell your last I name. Suppose it's C E A R D Y. It's not an I. It's not like Cardi B. She <laughs> has. I never had this problem until she turned up doing her raps. But I can <laughs> confirm you, I am just Cardi with a Y. I am not a stripper turned professional rapper. Great. Good, good to know. Yet. <laughs> so, anyway, Cardi made a joke, in inverted commas, about punching a tree. <laughs> wow. And thus my guilt came flooding back. When I was about 10, me and my friend were sword fighting with sticks outside my house, when for some reason our attention is turned to some new bushes which our neighbour has planted next to our drive. Couldn't tell you why we did this, and I still question our decision to this day 15 years later. But we just decided to absolutely fuck up this bush. We we stood either side and just whacked this bush with our sticks. What was once a tall, standing, proud bush with dark green leaves and small yellow seeds had been reduced to a thin, brown, twiggy skeleton. You can tell how much this haunts Ben's memories because he remembers everything about this bush. (laughs) Once our mission was complete, there was no celebration. There was no remorse. There were no feelings at all from... At all from what we had done, which perhaps makes it all the worse and a bit meaningless. We swiftly went back to doing whatever 10-year-old kids do. But that wasn't the end of it. I like that this is like a fugue state they went into. (laughs) Like, they're having a normal 10-year-old muck about, and then suddenly some sort of demon force possessed them. And just, like, blank-eyed, smashed up a bush with sticks, and then just snapped back and started playing frisbee again. Like, it's... Absolutely horrifying. This story. <laughs> the new Netflix documentary series, The Bush Boys. Yeah, I would watch. Two kids were haunted. If this was American Vandal season three, I'd watch it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Later that evening, my neighbour came down to ask what had happened to his bush. Oh, no. Obviously, having no good reason for what we did, we badly lied that we were playing by it and may have clipped it a few times while we were playing. <laughs> I very much doubt either my neighbour or mum believed us. There is still an empty patch by our drive where that bush once stood, serving oh, as a constant reminder of my lawless past. They never replaced it. <laughs> I think I think they may have killed it so badly that it just poisoned the earth underneath it. <laughs> Nothing ever, it's just evil under there. <laughs> it's like the Necronomicon. Nothing grows. 
I don't know if that's something the Necronomicon does. I just bet if you buried it, nothing would grow on top. That's just me putting oh, yeah. it out there. Absolutely. I just want you to know this the next time you decide to joke about punching a tree. Well, if I'd known such repressed memories were going to surface, then I would never have done it. I've, I do apologise. So, sorry, I've forgotten. What joke about punching a tree did you make? I can't. I don't know where I talked about punching a tree. I must have said something about punching a tree. Uh-oh. I mean, I'd... Did you get in a fugue state as well? <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe that... Is there a really weird bit of last week's podcast where you're like, and uh, next up we kill trees. Kill all the trees you see. Just the god, the god of anti-nature floating it? around and getting in people's heads. You see, I'm not going to listen back, but yeah, I can't. Why, why would I have talked about... Why would I have talked about punching We talk trees? about exactly. this demonic state. I think the demon's still in, Ben. Because at the end he says, For the love of God, respect the sea, or else you'll be the, my next bush on my list. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Your Cornish representative, like leaves. <laughs> Okay. I didn't know such evil lurked in Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's such a nice place. Yeah, I've always um, thought it was very, very nice, but it turns out there's some sort of horrible... Like yeah. anti-spring maypole killing bastard demon floating yeah. about getting in kids. Exactly. I remember to write in to IGN underscore com if you've ever been put in some sort of fugue state or possessed by a demon momentarily. Yep. We'd like no. to hear about that. Is this it? Have we stumbled on it? <laughs> Possession special. <laughs> Maybe that is it. Maybe if we get if... a bunch of really spooky emails back, I'm going to love yeah. it and hate it. It's going to be great. Exactly. Uh, the Fugue State special. Amazing. Um, that's all the feedback for this week. And that's the end of the podcast this week. If you haven't watched Loki or don't care about Loki and for some reason want to listen to us talk about Loki, which you might want to do. But there you go. It won't be for ages, but we'll just talk about the last episode and what it means for the future of the MCU. So this is your last warning after this little bit of Loki music. <laughs> Matt, mm-hmm. I haven't really had the chance to talk to you at all about Loki because you were off last week when the last episode aired. Um, what did what did you think of the ending? Yeah, I liked it. Like, I think so. It's weird because I like the ending of Loki. I think when I got to the end of the show, I realised that I don't actually massively like necessarily what the show was overall. Um, mm-hmm. Not. I think they basically just turned Loki into a completely different character so they could write a show about the TVA. I'd much rather Mobius have been the main character, but I understand that nobody would have watched that. Like, you, mm-hmm. Loki has to be the vehicle, but I wish they'd made him actually Loki, as in, like, sort of mischievous and kind of, like, fucking things around a lot more. He was, yeah. in that last episode, was way too much of a straight man. Like, I wanted him to be the person that pulled the rug from under people, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that aside, the the TVA side of things, I think, is very good, and I like a lot of what it's mm-hmm. doing. And obviously, we got... After they went through the veil, we got to meet um, He Who Remains, is it, that they called him? He Who Remains. Jonathan Majors. Yes. Excellent, I thought. Very, very good performance. Very, very good. So the MCU obviously reinterprets a lot of comic book characters for its own uses, right? Like, not everybody is exactly the same. I think, because this is obviously, for anybody that doesn't know, this is a character called Kang the Conqueror from the comics, who in the comics is a 31st century descendant of Reed Richards, um, so the link into the kind of Fantastic Four there. Their reinterpretation of him as like this person that has multiple variants 
that have been trying to keep a multiverse kind of all-out war at bay between them by Mm. creating this kind of like understanding of the sacred timeline and pruning all the things that branch off to prevent a multiverse war i think is a very very cool idea and Cardi, as you allude to in your reviews, and I think you were talking about it on the last podcast, has substantial kind of implications for where the MCU could go next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they kind of talked, well, that version of Kang, well, he never actually says the word Kang, mm-hmm. I don't think, does he? No. But no. he calls himself the Conqueror and stuff like that. He's meant to be the nicest version or the nicest variant of so he claims who, so he claims exactly can you trust him who knows you can't really trust anyone in that show um which is what one aspect that i enjoyed a lot but yeah there will be ultimately i'm sure a big villain called can the conqueror coming up who is an evil version of that mm-hmm. character will he be big and blue like in the comics i don't know well i mean that statue that's in the tva at the end like that might be the first hint to actual kang the conqueror because the uniform that that statue is wearing is the classic kang with mm. the the kind of mm-hmm. neck piece and the stripe that runs down the center but you can see there that he has very much got major's face and hair they've not got him like in the Buzz Lightyear style kind of head wrapping in purple and blue. Well, obviously we can't tell what colour, but I would assume like it's too much of a weird sort of thing. I think there'll be a variant that they do that has, like they did with Loki, where you get all the weirdness to it. But I think classic Jonathan Mage is just in a nice suit yeah. will be who yeah. Kang is. And they've kind so of made that... They've kind of made that mm-hmm. joke before with Mysterio as well about yeah. like the silly version of the suit um, yeah. being, being something that's so- like made fun of. When do you think we'll see him again next? Because we've got... I think the original... The first time we heard about Jonathan Majors being Count the Conqueror was the villain in Ant-Man mm-hmm. 3 was the yep. original casting, which is 2023, I think I'm right in saying. Um, and right. Loki, if you didn't see the end credits, Loki is returning for season two, which surprised me because I didn't think we'd get a season two of any of these shows. So I am like in my head, Loki season two is comes out just before ant-man 3 or as ant-man 3 comes out and it goes alongside it i don't know because they can do anything now the timelines all mucked up they can kind of get away with doing anything in any order Mm -hmm. well this is the interesting thing right like kang may turn up in one of these other things but like listen to how many projects there are before we get to ant-man and the wasp like and how kind of wild it would be if we didn't see it more of jonathan majors before then hmm. right so it's black widow what if shang chi and the legend of the ten rings eternals spider-man no way home ms marvel hawkeye doctor strange in the multiverse of madness thor love and thunder black panther wakanda forever the marvels the guardians of the galaxy holiday special probably not in that ant-man and the wasp quantumania so like there are so many projects before that that could mm-hmm. feasibly have an appearance from do a you, you think they'll do the what is, uh, what is the famous example of it where, um you know, he's kind of almost in the background of all of these projects. Like, you'll see, like, he'll just be lurking in the background. Like, you'll see a version of Jonathan Majors, like, in, like, he's basically pulling the strings. Or, well, like, the ghosts years. in Haunting of Hill House, yeah, but it's the Jonathan Majors in the background. Of, what is the example? Is it, I've never read them, the Dark Tower books. Isn't there a character like that who's kind of lurking in who's in every single one of them maybe i'm making that up i don't know um if you've played the witcher 3's uh hearts of stone dlc yes. like gaunter o'dim 
hanging yes, about that sort of thing up. or i suppose to an extent a bit like because uh, I, n- I never actually got too far in the x-files in the end but i do plan on catching it back up isn't the smoking man a little bit like but that? he's much more Someone in the foreground like you never yeah, know who okay. he is but it's just at the enough. end at the end of every three episodes there's a shot where the <laughs> camera pans around and there's a smoking man and he just goes i'm evil <laughs> and that's basically it fair enough but yeah i don't know if i'm gonna do that sort of thing so, like maybe in spider-man or something he'll just be there he'll be I don't, and no one knows who he is, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, my, I don't know. I've sort of started to piece together what I think is, and obviously, you know, this is literally just me sitting here theorizing, so no one tell <laughs> this. I think that he's going to turn up a lot earlier than we think. I think he's going to be the driving force behind What If. I think that all of those are other timelines. Mm. So maybe, like, the last What If is him going. And These are all timelines that I'm got cut, or... basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, because... Everything about Marvel is never quite as... The MCU, they don't like anything to be inconsequential. Like, everything has to have something mm-hmm. that ties in. And while I do really like the idea of what if being inconsequential, just fun for a month or so, I think they will find some way to put it in. So obviously they've got Uatu, the Watcher, is part of it. Mm. But I think this will be them looking over timelines that have been cut by the TVA on Kang's Command. Um I think Spider-Man, we already know that um, uh, Jamie Foxx's uh, Electro's back Electro. and uh, Alfred that. Molina's thingy. I'm fairly sure that's good. Even if like Kangi's not in that film, I think there will be like a post-credits or something that suggests that the reason why those characters are able to be in the Prime universe is because of something Kangi's doing. Mm-hmm. And then I think from then on, there'll be just things that happen in these movies that allow there to be a post-credits that's just like, and that was Kang. Yeah. And then the couple I'm interested in are we've got Shang Chi, which like a lot of people theorizing that just takes place in an alter, alternate uh, alternate universe mm-hmm. because Abomination is seen at the end of the trailer. But I don't mm. know really what you know. It could be anything. Also, I think the one I'm most intrigued about, just as a separate film and see where it fits in, is Eternals because yeah. it looks so different. You've got Chloe Zhao who just won the Oscar for Best Picture, Best Director, like sweep the Oscars, like. That pedigree, that first trailer did a lot for me. Like, how the hell do they fit in with all of this is what I want to know. Well, and that feels like prime timelines crossing over, maybe. You know, like, there's a universe Mm. where there are Eternals and there's a universe where there aren't. Like, that could make sense. I mean, I don't know at what point they see that as diminishing returns because then you're essentially just going, like, you're kind of taking away the the key of the Marvel Universe, which is everything feels like it could have been in one They've place. They've got to be connected, haven't they? Because at the end of that trailer, doesn't Angelina Jolie say, like, who's going to lead the Avengers now or something? Oh, and... yeah. Well, I'm not saying they're not in that world. Oh, okay. But, they're not. Fair like, but they yeah. could be in a world where there are both, and mm-hmm. then there is mm-hmm. a world where there weren't any, and then now there is, or whatever. I don't, you know, like, I think there are ways that these things could happen in, in yeah. multi-universes. I think that's what's so exciting at this point now, is we just really don't know what's going up. Whereas for a good eight years in the MCU, we knew it was all building up to Thanos and we all knew it was going to end in a big war. Like, I don't know what, where this is going mm. and I'm quite excited. My fan like hope theory is that, you know how the last time we spoke about Kang on the podcast where, when we were just theorising if he was in, I said that there's, mm. a, there's a, a comic in which he's in where he brings different members of the Avengers from different parts of time across mm. and unites them together. If you've got Downey Jr. and you can convince him to do one more film, 
you've just got the bug like which which you would but let's say it's like it's not something he's got to be contracted into you just like we just want you for one more imagine if the last avengers film in this storyline where it is the final confrontation with kang there's just a way that they bring like because he can time manipulate you bring Mm. like iron man back for one last film that would sell tickets in the freaking hundreds of millions him or cap or both Mm -hmm. yeah just yeah that sounds good to me i suppose while we're talking about it might as well just talk we've all seen black widow right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just talk about the end like if you haven't seen black widow maybe stop listening now i'll give you five seconds because we're not going to talk about loki anymore we move on to black widow i assume if you're into loki you will have watched black widow but it's no guarantee uh but we're going to talk about the post-credit scene of black widow in five seconds so go away in three two one so obviously at the end of black widow we get yelena talking to julia louis dreyfus's character who i'm guessing that was the first time we were meant to see mm-hmm. her not in falcon and the winter soldier what do we think that means for that character because i think it quite obviously like it surprised me a little because it must just lead into the Hawkeye series that's coming in a few months, and well, it feels I don't like, know. It feels like that's... a slightly murky version of Sam Jackson at the very yeah. start of the Marvel universe, and now she's collecting like mm-hmm. corrupted potential Avengers. Yeah. So you know, we've now seen her collect two people who are directly linked, but are kind of maybe more uh, broken versions of the people that they were essentially copying or mirroring mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, Do we think so, Florence yeah. Pugh will be in that Hawkeye show then? Because she obviously shows the picture of Hawkeye saying basically this is your next target in mm. a way. Like, do we think that's kind of half what the plot of the Hawkeye show is? Like him being hunted? I don't know. Guess I it... see that it's a way to bring it's way to get, give Kate Bishop agency. Is something happens to him and she has to go after him? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's not too far away from. Uh, Black Widow and Ronin and all that stuff, but I could see it happening that way for sure. Mm-hmm. I know you're a huge Hawkeye fan, Matt, and I know you're looking well, forward to the series a lot. It's, it's less Hawkeye as a character; it's the run that it takes yeah, inspiration from. Run, yeah, 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 which is like literally everybody just looks at it and like, how can a Hawkeye thing be like? Just read that; it is an absolutely incredible piece it's of work. Um, yeah, like my thing that I have with their use of Contessa at the moment is is that she. When you put Nick Fury into a movie, especially like as early as they did, like it is, if you know your comics, or even if you've just played some video games around it, especially at that time, mm-hmm. Nick Fury is a good guy. Like he runs, like yes, he's yeah. he, his methods aren't always squeaky clean, but he runs a distinctly good thing. Contessa is a little bit like Fontaine is all over the place. Like she could be mm-hmm. good, she could be bad, and. For me at the moment, it's like I know that some for some people that's part of the fun about not wearing it is, but I think the uh, the small kind of segments that she's been in over like Black Widow and Falcon Winter Soldier, I don't care about her at the moment because I don't know what she stands for and I don't know what the point is. I think had Falcon Winter Soldier done a little bit better in terms of setting up to what her sort of overall goal is, I'd be more interested at the moment. It just feels like well, we knew these characters were kind of long-lasting anyway. Like, I just don't mm-hmm. have any more attachment to where they're taking them. So hopefully that rolls on sooner rather than later. I don't want another four projects yeah. where she just turns up mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. points out things. Well, I'm I'm hoping in a way that it's kind of built into Secret Invasion and that she's actually just Talos all along. <laughs> that would right. be quite funny to me. Mm-hmm. And it's just Nick Fury in the shadows trying to get another team together, basically. Uh, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh 
more Marvel to come, though. It's good to have it back, isn't it? I know it's not really been gone too much, but it feels like we're getting back into actually starting up again properly yeah. into a new phase. And I yeah. know it's the death of cinema and media as we know it, <laughs> but I'm into it. I just like it. Exactly. It's enjoyable. Uh, thank you very much. I think that's all we've got time for today. Uh I suppose we'll have that Pez music, won't we? Because yeah. it's astonishing stuff. Imagine uh, all those people who aren't lucky enough to be able to finish this exactly. podcast because they haven't finished Loki and don't want it spoiled. Who won't get exactly. to hear this music? You only get the Pez tree if you watched Loki and Black Widow. That's the uh, yeah. that's the key there. It's the powerful and dessert. <laughs> exactly. That's why I want to remind everyone on as we leave today is you are powerful. You are. Exactly. All of you. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. To be powerful, you must know the truth. So, guess you're all desperate to find out what eFootball can offer at a gaming level. You are powerful. You are powerful. You are powerful. In that case, keep an eye out for updates in the near future. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.